Here's the Smart Retirement Cast brought to you by Smart Retirement Media. Now, here's your hosts, Mike and Matt. Welcome back, listeners, to another great show of Smart Retirement Podcasts. I wanted to thank you all, the listeners, for listening to our show. Not only the old shows, but each show we're putting out weekly. You can subscribe to all the shows through your favorite podcast site. Uh, Many of our listeners are listening through Apple's podcasts, but we also are on many others. Isn't that right, Matt? It is. uh, You know, Stitcher, Spotify. There's there's so many out there now. We're just trying to keep up with uh, you know all the different platforms, I guess, that are out there. We have been sending those in our database the website, but for new listeners, it's smartretirementcast.com. Um, please visit that. You can see any of our old episodes. Check out a little bit about Matt and myself. Today, we're going to jump into um, what are the mistakes that you can make in retirement as a as a educational platform, we always want to talk about the things you can avoid. That's a nice, easy way to not find yourself in a problem. Um, these are the top 10 mistakes that seniors or those in retirement make in the United States. And we're going to split this show up into two parts because we want to stop and talk about each of these mistakes a little bit, some more than others. Um, but today we'll cover the first five. And then for our next show in October, we'll cover the remaining six through 10. So please watch both, listen to both shows so you can be educated on what to avoid. Now, before we get started, Matt, uh, we've been doing this recently and we want to thank our listeners that write into the show asking questions. We've got two questions here. Are you ready? They're both for you, Matt. I'm going to ask you right here on the spot. Let's go. Debbie from Sacramento says, my husband has an annuity paying us income. What happens if he dies? Excellent question, Debbie. It's hard to say uh, based upon however your contract is set up. Um, you know, some annuities are set to pay just the single person that the life is insured upon. Keep in mind, annuities are uh, still insurance contracts. So there's an insured life upon the contract. And if he's got just the annuity with himself on it, uh, the income could and may well stop. Uh, when he dies. Now, keep in mind, there are some products out there that have what's called a spousal continuation, where regardless if your name's on the policy or not, as long as he's married, the income is going to actually continue to you. Uh, And then there's also another product out there that has what's called a joint income, which is essentially doesn't have to be a spouse, but the income will continue uh, as a last to die type of situation. So check your contract, uh, you know, dig that out in the file cabinet. You probably have a policy in there. Um, if you'd like, feel free to give me a call at 866-53-RETIRE. Um, you can tell me what product it is. and I can see if I can do a little bit of research for you, but great question. Uh, definitely a concern, uh, especially as we're aging, uh, women usually live longer than men. And uh, if we're not planning for that, uh, that income lapse, I think it, it could be very important to just keep focused on that and make sure that you've got the income coming in. So great question, Debbie. Thank you. An anonymous source tells me though, that the men would live longer if you didn't take a shopping as frequently as you do. <laughs> 
Um, now, now. Second question from Rob in Tempe, Arizona says, I was offered an annuity guaranteeing, guaranteeing 6%. Wow, that'd be awesome. He says, uh, yeah, that's basically his words, but this sounds too good to be true. What's the catch? Well, I think, Mike, you would agree 6% would be really, really nice to just earn sick money somewhere and know that's exactly what it's going to earn. And uh, it's true in a sense. Uh, unfortunately, in today's world where people are out selling annuities rather than really offering them and explaining the, uh, I guess, the benefit to you in your retirement plan, these numbers can get a little confusing. Uh, the one thing I like to stress to my clients is, you know, if you're seeing guarantees on an indexed annuity, uh, you're probably looking at the wrong product. Uh, in the last episode, we talked about different types of annuities out there, and really the fixed annuity is going to be the only one that has a guaranteed rate of return per se. Uh, on an index type of product, that what I'm assuming you're seeing is this advisor is offering you a indexed annuity with a lifetime income rider. And essentially what's going to happen with an income rider on these products is, yes, they're going to give you a set guaranteed rate of return. Um, that rate of return can be anywhere from 3%. I've seen up as to high as about 10%. But keep in mind what's happening there is the annuity company is going to be now taking, let's say you give them $100,000 and you plan on withdrawing money from this account three or four years from now. And let's say they're giving you a 10% simple interest. So essentially, they're crediting your account $10,000 a year. So at the end of the fourth year, you've got now $140,000. Well, what essentially is happening there is they're not actually going to be able to withdraw the $140,000 in a lump sum. The insurance company has got with their actuaries and figured out that, okay, we can offer this rate of return but with the expectancy that you're going to be withdrawing the money out through your life expectancy. So what's then going to happen is that $140,000, once you start taking the income, the 10% or in your case, Rob, the 6% that you're seeing is actually going to stop earning anything once that, that income rider's turned on. So in that situation, yes, the 6% is real, but just keep in mind that it probably wasn't explained to you that you are going to have to take income for the rest of your life on that. And once that income begins, um, you know, that, that guarantee is going to stop. So I guess that would be the catch if there is one, Rob, but, uh, great question, you know, keep, uh, you know, keep diligent in looking at these types of things, listeners. I mean, there's lots of catches and things into annuities. And again, that's why, uh, you know, annuities really get a bad rap. Uh, a lot of the times is because people really don't understand what they're being offered and what they're purchasing. So great question again, Rob, uh, thank you for it. And Mike, is that, uh, what we got today for question wise? That's it for the questions that came in. Um, had a couple more, uh, listeners subscribe to the show. Um, so I want to encourage great. every two weeks, we're putting out a new show with relevant content for you guys. And furthermore, I just like to say that um, I think these questions are great. They help other people that are listening that might have these same questions, but just don't have the the time or, um, you know, just don't get into the habit of writing in questions to us. So it helps the entire community of our listeners here. So thank you for that, Debbie and, and Rob today. And Mike, we decided uh, we are going to do every two weeks, but it's, we're going to release on uh, every Tuesday, correct? Is that is every yep. other Tuesday? So we'll be rolling out Tuesday. Monday's enough for you to take on all the new stuff you got to do for the week. So we'll let you have this content on Tuesday. 
And then please, you can email or call us anytime. Uh, Matt and I are both professionals, as you know, Matt, um, with Century Financial and I'm with Central Coast Lending. And we are happy to receive your calls, whether it's a discussion about starting something for you or just discussing something you already have in place. Once again, that number is 866-53-RETIRE, Matt Hollander's option one and Mike Point's option two. So let's get into the show. Should we, Matt? Sounds like a plan to me, Mike. Okay, people. So we got the top 10 things you don't want to do, the top 10 mistakes, and we're going to break them up into two shows. The first five are coming at you right now. And so- so, Mike, I got a question for you. If uh, if someone says to you, are you prepared for retirement? What's usually your response, just out of curiosity? Me personally? Yeah, you. I think my gut response would say, I think I know what I want to do, but I don't think I know how to do it. Fair, fair. Because I'm, I'm 38, you know, and so I don't, I want to retire at 58. That's my goal. Um, I'm putting things in place to do that now, but you know, every, every year it seems like I get hit with something else that either sets me back or an opportunity that could, you know, plunge me forward into getting closer to retiring at 58. It's, it's moving and changing a lot at this age I'm at right now in my life cycle. Sure. You know, and, and it's funny because when I ask that question to a lot of my clients, I don't ever get a yes or a no. Um, you know, I think most people try to just kind of change the subject quickly, uh, you know, and talk about things that they're doing and, (laughs) you know, exactly. (laughs) One or the other would be no, because I've just got so many unknowns. Right. And I think, uh, you know, that's why we do this podcast is to educate, you know, our, our smart retirement podcasters to, you know, try not to make some of these mistakes. And, you know, Mike, you did a great job of teeing it up that we're going to be going over the, you know, the top 10 mistakes that, uh, you know, that we're seeing, you know, across the country. So um, why don't we start with kind of the first one that, you know, I see, especially when we're putting plans and things together uh, for someone that's, let's say, five to 10 years away from retirement. And the first thing that they say to me is, okay, well, when I'm done working and when I retire, my expenses are going to go down. (laughs) Right. They'll think like, I won't have to buy as many work clothes. I won't have to drive to work so much. Right. I won't have to have a babysitter or probably not a babysitter, but I won't have to have these other expenses, these job expenses, if you will. Right. You know, you won't be traveling back and forth or commuting to work. Uh, so they think their fuel costs are going to go down. You know, they might not be eating out for lunch every day. They're going to be, you know, eating at home. So I think retirement mistake number one we're going to discuss is succumbing to uh, really kind of a post-retirement spending spike. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we find that in the first few years of retirement that you know, our post-retirees are actually spending more money than while they were working. It's called the, we, I'm free. <laughs> exactly, Mike. <laughs> exactly. So- Who's spending know, all this money? <laughs> right. We've got, you know, now we've uh, we've got access to our 401k. Let's go on that trip we've talked about. We've got all this free time. I'm yeah. going to go golfing all the time. And yeah. Mike, you and I both golf. So, I mean, you understand how, uh, how expensive that can be. You know, and the other thing that we see is, you know, they've put it off maybe doing a home renovation for years and years. And now all of a sudden, well, we've got the money. 
uh, we can go take a trip. And while we're on our trip, we'll let them redo the house. Yeah. You know, and uh, from experience, I can tell you construction costs, especially when doing remodels. I just got finished doing uh, uh, one of my guest bathrooms at my house. And, you know, it was probably 30 or 40 percent higher than, uh, you know, they quoted. But I think that's pretty typical uh, among construction costs. And, you know, I budgeted for it. But at the same time, it was, you know, these are all these expenses that can come up when we're trying to hit a moving target with the volatility of the market and everything else right now, you know, to be able to say, okay, yeah, we can go spend 20 grand, 30 grand doing a renovation for this, go take a $10,000 trip. You know, if you've got a couple million dollars to start with, that might work, right? They're, they're saying that people retiring today need to have at least a million dollars to retire. Um, you know, that's, that's a scary number, especially if you're two or three years away from retirement and, you know, you might not even have half of that. So, right. Right. You know, it's, it's very key to start planning ahead if you can, when it comes to retirement. Uh, so how would you do that? I mean, I always recommend when I'm sitting down with those getting ready for a reverse mortgage, we look at the budget right away. Yep, absolutely. I'm trying to see, Hey, look, this $1,600 mortgage payment is going to free up 30%, 40% of your budget, you know, 50%, whatever it is. Um, so I would think that that's the first way to, to really combat this is make a budget that you could stick to, or at least, you know, the budget's also nice because when you look at it monthly, you're like, okay, well, we went over $2,000 this month, but that's because we went and saw the grandkids in Tennessee. Sure. You know, and that's one of those things is, you know, make a budget based upon kind of a long-term plan, um, you know, and try to stick to it the best uh, of your ability. Uh, you know, don't be taking random trips to go do this, you know, plan your trips and anticipate them ahead of time. Uh, you know, build that type of stuff in your budget as well as other, uh, you know, related expenses. If you're going to be thinking, okay, I'm going to be golfing a lot more now that I'm retired. Well, sit down, figure out what that golfing is going to cost you and see if it fits in your budget. You know, maybe you can't pay, play four days a week. Maybe it needs to be two days a week. Um, you know, or maybe maybe go be a marshal, you know? Go, there you go. And you ride around one and a half days a week, but you get to play for free. Um, things like that. Uh, another thing, uh, before we take a quick break here, Matt, um, you know, sure. we've got four more of these, but I think uh, we'll be putting these up on the site, wouldn't you say, or posting them to Facebook? Absolutely. Yeah, so you don't have to take notes on these, but because um, we'll put them up on the site. Also, check out our Facebook site. Matt, Matt, how would someone do that? So if you go onto Facebook, you can type in just Smart Retirement Cast, and it'll pull up our Facebook site. You can go in, click a like, and uh, follow it. I, I try to post things there every week, uh, especially in regards to topics we talked about the prior week. Uh you know, just to keep everyone educated, keep another uh, way of communication open for you. Uh, if you see something on the Facebook page that, uh, you know, is concerning to you or you have a question about, you can throw a comment right on there. Um, but keep in mind, you know, we do have the, the phone line 866-53-RETIRE. And also you can shoot us an email at info at smartretirementcast.com. So Mike, you said, uh, let's take a break. So why don't we go ahead and take a break? And when we come back, we will discuss the other four topics that we are seeing uh, retirees making mistakes in. So we'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Do you have enough money saved for retirement? How much is enough? 
Let's put things in perspective. It's estimated that you'll need roughly $250,000 in retirement just for medical expenses. So think about that number again. If you need some help, talk to Century Financial Consultants today and create a complimentary financial master plan that will show you exactly how long your money will last and give you peace of mind. Give Century Financial Consultants a call today at 623-428-9976. That's 623-428-9976. Hey guys, Mike Points here, co-host of your show, Smart Retirement Podcast. Are you aware that Social Security is going to run out in 2036? That's right. See you later. Bye-bye. No longer, unless the U.S. government does something different. Let my team of retirement planning professionals and myself show you ways that you can take control by using the equity in your home to offset this possible risk in retirement. Just simply call me by dialing 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE, option two. Hey listeners, we're back from a short break. You're listening to Smart Retirement Podcast with Matt Hollander, Century Financial, and Mike Points from Central Coast Lending. We were talking about the top 10 mistakes in retirement, and we're going to roll right into number two. And number two just happens to be, and I know this is a fact in California, keeping too many cars is one of the biggest mistakes that retirees make in retirement. This is true. This is true. You know, and and I think for one reason or another, uh, you know, people are hanging on to an extra car. Uh, You know, I find that my 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 parents are even guilty of it. My dad's got a car. My mom's got a car. um, And then my dad's got a, you know, a a weekend car that he can put the top down when the weather's nice out here in Arizona. Um, But they're not traveling anywhere for work. So, you know, I even brought up to the idea to them of, Hey dad, mom, why don't you share, you know, the daily car to go to the grocery store and go do that type of things. And dad, you know, keep the convertible if you want, but you know, go from three cars down to two cars. I think that probably makes a little bit more sense. Uh, you know, the other thing that you've got to pay attention to is yeah, maybe the car is paid off, but you still got to have insurance on it. Recurring. The recurring costs are what kill you. Yep. Absolutely. It's $85 a month that could go to your golf game that you want to play one more a month. You know, the the registration in California is atrocious. I mean, that could be a whole episode <laughs> on that. But, um, you know, if you got one of the ones I see when we're talking about reverse mortgages with clients, Matt, is the RV. You know, oh like, boy. I got yeah. this RV. It's been one of my dreams and they end up using it three times a year. So it's just barely worth it. But, um, you know, think about maybe sharing that expense with a partner, almost like a boat. Think about bringing in a friend and saying, hey, look, I'll let you use it. You, I get to use it on these weekends. You get to use it on that weekend. Um, but keeping too many cars can really be a, a big expense. I think the, the tax write-off is valuable, too. I mean, you could gift it to a grandchild. You could give it to one of these, you know, cash for keys, charities. Um, there's ways to get rid of it as well. If you're like, eh, I don't really want to deal with selling this thing. But um, all that being said, the cash you get once from selling it is not what we're trying to encourage. It's getting rid of expenses that yep. add up 
Um, you know, it's not just only cars. You know, Mike, you you brought up a uh, you know a boat. Uh, you know, a lot of people, especially as they're getting older, might only take their boat out two or three times a year, kind of like the RV. Um, you know, it's so easy to go down to the marina. Uh, I know you've got a bunch of lakes, you know, out there, Mike, and I've got a few here. But, you know, it's maybe three, four hundred dollars to rent the boat for the day, uh, you know, rather than having the reoccurring costs of maintaining that. I think what, what's the joke, Mike? They say that the happiest days of owning a boat are the, the day you buy it and the day you sell it, right? The fruit <laughs> the last, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just keep in mind, you know, be aware of your expenses of these outgoing uh, expenditures, you know, regardless of, you know, it's not the object of having it. It's the, it's the maintenance, it's the registration, it's the insurance, um, you know, and these are all things that can kind of just stack up in retirement. So I would say that's retirement mistake number two. Um, you know, on the th- retirement mistake number three, uh, this is one that I see a lot, especially being here in Arizona, is moving at the wrong time. Yeah. Yeah. Moving at the wrong time is, is problematic and people do it for so many different reasons. You know, sometimes they just get antsy, right? They're like, okay, well, we've, we've maintained this house long enough. Um, and maybe they're doing it for what they think is the right reason. Like, Hey, you know, we're going to, we need to move closer to medical care. Um, we need to get our recurring costs down. Or they want to move closer to the grandchildren, you know, that might be part of it as well. Or this is the one I see all the time. In fact, it's happening right now. We're at the top of the market, you know, Mike. We're at the top of the market, and we're gonna we're gonna sell this thing, make a profit. But what do you got to do? You got to live somewhere, right? So now you got to buy a house at the top of the market, potentially, and replace it. So I see people wanting to downsize, um, only to discover much higher property taxes on their new place. If you realize Prop 13's benefit, then you understand that, you know, you bought a house 20 years ago, your property tax is a fraction of what it's going to be when you replace that house. I see this also in the move up, you know, so this is the family that husband and wife, kids are like eight, 10, 12 years old. You know, they're getting ready to go into high school. They want them to have their own room. Now they're going to sell this house. It's a three, two, they're going to move into the bigger house. And they're going to live there until the kids go through high school and they're empty nesters. Well, when they start crunching the numbers with me, they're going up four or $500 a month just in property tax. That's a real kick in the shorts that can intercept things like planning for retirement, putting uh, funds into college savings for the kids. So it just realize that moving is, is smart in retirement, but you've got to do Um, you know, you've really got to focus on the right reasons. So many people are doing it because they access to public transportation in case driving becomes difficult, you know, costs to travel um, to adult children. So I see this a lot with college students that stay here in my area. They, they start having a family and the kids from San Francisco and, or excuse me, the parents from San Francisco and LA, they move here. Well, even though they're getting a better value for a bigger house that costs less, they're paying that increase in property tax. Um, and we so don't I have, got, we don't have, I got a, go ahead. I got a question for you real quick on that. So we were talking about the, uh, the family that has the three, two, and they're looking at, uh, you know, upgrading or upsizing, if you will, to a larger home to, to, you know, give the kids their own bedrooms. 
um, you know, especially up in your neck of the woods, especially in North County, where these people have quite a bit of property. I mean, wouldn't it make more sense to maybe look at bringing someone in and maybe doing an addition onto the home for another bedroom? Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. I didn't get into that, but that's really where I take the, the conversation is, look, with the market we have now that's been created by Airbnb and VRBO and these vacation rental situations, or just getting a standard 12-month or month-to-month lease, you can build out a section or remodel a section of your house that you can live in, that you personally can live in, maybe a one-bedroom, one-bath kitchenette, and the rest of the house rent out to a vacation rental or a tenant or a long-term tenant, maybe a graduate student, maybe a, a young family that doesn't have the means yet for down payment to buy their own home but would take good care of your house and give you $25,000, $3,000 a month. Or, you know, even as you age and let's say you want to age in place and you don't want to move away from home and, you know, you don't want to be going into a facility for, um, you know, long-term care costs, you now have that extra studio that either you could move into or you stay in the main house and now you could bring in a nurse or something that could help take care of you that's now staying in that addition that's you know set up for it. So I mean, there's so many possibilities there. I just didn't want to leave that stone on touch, Mike, and I didn't mean to, to interrupt you there, but um, I just thought that was important to just kind of you know say, hey, listeners, you know, this might make sense for you. I think this is the overlap that we naturally have. You know, I'm just not thinking about the healthcare piece as much. I'm thinking more about how do I turn real estate and asset into income. You know, sure. That- but you're thinking about all of the potential pitfalls or landmines of that of costs that are in retirement. Absolutely. And then, you know, the other thing by doing this addition is, you know, we're talking your house is at the top of the market now. Well, that probably means you have some equity in it. Yeah. So, you know, you, Mike, they can call you, talk to you about possibly looking at doing, uh, you know, an equity loan or an equity line to access funds in there to do that addition to the home. Yeah. Pay it off over a time. And with the addition being on there, you know, more than likely it's going to increase the value of the home as well. So, I mean, it's kind of a win-win uh, in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I know this to be true in California. I'm not sure what it is in other states, but when you take out a permit just to remodel and maybe add partial square footage, the pro- the county tax assessor can only reassess your property for the square footage you have added. So you're not going to get completely reassessed on the whole property. You're going to keep your same tax basis you had before the renovation work. And then you'll only be see an increase, a tax assessment on the new portion of the property. So if you don't even add square footage, you're not going to see much of an increase in property tax at all. That's fantastic. So it does give you that, that arbitrage where you build, you know, I call it the, the, the build up instead of the move up, you build that fourth bedroom. Um, if you're, if you're in that age range, but if, if you're, like you said, maybe you just turn one bedroom into, you know, its own living quarters and give it its own separate access. So great. Let's move on to retirement mistake. Number four, Matt. All right. So retirement mistake. Number four is getting sold or scammed on services you don't need. Um, you know, when you're retired, your needs change. Uh, I think, you know, even as we're aging, Mike, getting closer to retirement, you know, our, our needs and goals are changing as well. Um, you know, and different financial products make sense at different parts of your life, right? A term life insurance policy, 
um, probably isn't going to make sense in retirement uh, if the house is already paid off. You know, you, you know, it, it really kind of depends there. Um, you know, I guess what I'm saying is mm-hmm. reevaluate the original purposes of what you're looking at and make sure that you're not being offered, um, you know, different products and things you really don't need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our last show talking about annuities, you know, that's one financial product that are getting crammed down people's throats, um, just because, you know, the, the advisor recommending them might make a decent commission on it. It's not always best for the client. Uh, you know, I pride myself in being a fiduciary and always doing what's right for our clients. Um, but this is one thing that we, we see quite a bit. Uh, you know, I think, I think the, the, the issue with the retiree age bracket is that there are some very obvious pain points that all these consumers have. Obviously you don't want to run out of money. You don't want to live longer than your money. Or some of these sales pitches are so well done on triggering those pain points. And what I would say is that that doesn't make it bad. It just means, you know, like, for example, reverse mortgage could be exactly what you want, right? You want the payment to go away. But we're not addressing the legacy piece of your balance sheet, which is you want to leave X amount of dollars to little Susie and Joey, your grandkids. Well, maybe we do an interest only payment where you're not negatively amortizing the equity in your house, but you've reduced the payment quite a bit now and you just pay the interest too. Also, mind you, when you pay the interest, you get a tax write off in that year. Whereas reverse mortgage, you don't get the tax write off anymore. You don't get the tax write off until you sell the house or refinance that reverse mortgage and pay the bank back all the interest is due because it's there sitting on your loan as a liability until such time. So, you know, the scams, we're not talking about like buying the copper frying pan on QVC. (laughs) (laughs) They work work pretty well, by the way. Yeah, you want to do that. You want to make four payments for $29.99 a month for a pan. That's on you. We're talking about stuff where you agree to give up some of your assets that that take away from your liquidity in retirement. Absolutely. You know, uh, I, I see it regularly. My dad's personal email, uh, you know, he gets these crazy emails uh, and he shows them to me occasionally and we just kind of laugh about it because they're so out there. But then I have to stop and realize that some people are actually following these emails and believing them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so listeners, if, if you have parents, grandparents out there that, uh, you know, or have an email and, you know, you haven't sat down with them and had a conversation with them about what they're opening and what, who they're giving information to. Uh, I strongly suggest you do that. Um, you know, elder abuse and, uh, you know, different types of fraud and scams are definitely on the rise. I mean, I don't know about you, Mike, but if you've ever tried to sell a vehicle, like on Craigslist, for instance, right. The guy says, uh, well, you're asking 35000 for the car. I'll send you forty, but you got to wire me back the five, right? Right. So you send them the money. The money sits in your account. And then three days later, the you know the funds aren't any good. So definitely things just be aware of. Uh, you know, be smart. If it sounds too good to be true, um, kind of like Rob thought on his question. Uh, you know, 6% today, right? guarantee. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, keep an eye on that type of stuff. But the other thing, you know, if, if you've had, you know, these insurance policies for 10, 20, 30 years or, um, you know, annuity policies, whatever, 
sit with your financial advisor, give us a call, um, and let's review what you have and let's make sure that, you know, the, the benefits are still there of what you had. Uh, you know, the other thing there is as these policies age, there might be something better out there that'll better suit your needs. So, you know, being on top of these things, re-reviewing uh, what you've done, I think is extremely important uh, in retirement as well. So, Mike, why don't we go ahead and take a break? And when we come back, we'll go over the fifth retirement mistake. Uh, that worked for you? Let's do it. Cool. All right, listeners, we will be right back right after this break. Hey guys, Mike Points, co-host of Smart Retirement Podcast and a licensed loan officer. Let me ask you a question. When is the last time you sat down with your mortgage officer to discuss how your mortgage is going to affect you during retirement or how the current products and laws out there now are different from when you originally got your mortgage? Allow my team of retirement specialists and myself to put together a proposal for you that shows all of the different products and options you have right now. This is something we can implement in the next one to two months that helps you improve your current situation. If you're not able to remove your mortgage payment with your current mortgage, if you're not able to tap into the liquidity, and if you're not able to prepare better for healthcare costs, I want to show you how we can do that. So please contact me by calling 866-53-RETIRE, option two. Once again, that's 866-53-RETIRE, option two, or contact me at info at smartretirementcast.com. Look forward to hearing from you soon. And MLS number 1246224. Listeners, welcome back for the last segment of today's Smart Retirement Podcast. Uh, Today, myself, Matt Hollander, and my co-host, Mike Points, are talking about the first five of 10 uh, top mistakes that uh, we are seeing retirees make. So uh, just to review, uh, the first four that we've gone over so far uh, is succumbing to the post-retirement spending spike. Number two was keeping too many cars. Number three was moving at the wrong time. And number four, which we just did before the break, was getting sold or scammed on services you don't need. So we're going to wrap up today's show with one that I think is extremely, extremely important, uh, you know, going into retirement or already in retirement. And retirement mistake number five is not having a plan. Um, You know, we hinted at this earlier in the show by creating a budget uh, and keeping an idea of, you know, what your expenses and things are. But there's other things you need to be looking out for too, is how long do you think you're going to live? Well, Mike, do you have a crystal ball today? Because I don't. (laughs) Yeah. If I had a crystal ball, I would use it for my fantasy football team. I would probably use it to learn how to play the stock market, but I'm glad you're focusing on football today. I've I've been getting killed in our fantasy league. <laughs> um, but, you know, we don't know how long you're going to live, but we can look on an actuarial basis to give us an idea of how long you might live and maybe add an extra five years onto that just in case you do end up living longer. Uh, you know, that's one concern that... Uh, 
you know, I think a lot of retirees have today is with today's medicine and things, people are living longer. And with that, we're having to stretch out these retirement funds much, much longer. Um, you know, I was reading a really interesting study that, you know, in 1980, 40% of the population um, would be able to expect some type of pension from their work. And in today's environment, there's only about 15% of employees that are going to be entitled to a pension. So what's that tell me? Well, Social Security, if it's around, um, mayor, it, it probably is not going to cover 100% of your expenses. So now we're relying on your hard work during your working years and the amount of money that you've now put away. Um, you know, there, there are things that of like accessing equity in the home and things like that. But I think that's can be used in conjunction with proper planning. And one of the things that, you know, I always recommend is sit down with your planner. Uh, have they ever put together a detailed retirement plan for you? Um, you know, I know that's something I do for my clients in our first meeting. Uh, we don't talk about really products or anything in my first meeting with my clients. The first thing we do is we're, we're I'm an information gatherer. That's all I am in the first meeting is really trying to figure out what your needs and goals are and coming up with an idea of kind of what your income looks like now, what it's going to look like in retirement and kind of what those expenses look like and what type of assets we have, uh, you know, to keep moving forward with that. Mike, I would think uh, on your end as well, you're you're kind of doing an inventory of assets and things as well, correct? Yeah, assets, equity is important to me. You know, how much of that equity can we um, tap into? Equity tapping is is huge right now because the markets have seen year over year over year appreciation, but um, you know, locking that in and and applying it to a plan where we can give them a ten year check or, you know, a quarterly check that comes out to be what they need to cover all their basic expenses for the next quarter. That is, you know, those meetings, I see people's shoulders just kind of drop and them see a sense of ease. After they have that planning meeting, they realize that they've got a lot more going for them than they thought. But it's not always clear as to what to access first. So I think not having a plan aside from setting up to fail, just gives you a lot of anxiety that we want to remove. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're like most people, listeners, we don't know what life's going to be like in 15 years. And there's definitely different things that can come up as we're getting ready for retirement or while we're in retirement. And even if you've sat with your financial advisor and he's provided you with a plan and he says, okay, here's your income, here's your expenses, here's your assets. And with a X amount percent growth on your assets, and we're assuming that you know there may or may not be any volatility in the market, you can go ahead and withdraw 4% out of your plan and not have to worry about it. You know, that's what I hear from so many of my prospective and current clients that that's kind of how that meeting goes. But what happens if we have another stock market? crash or maybe just a slight correction and we're nearing retirement right we're, let's say we're a year or two away from retirement and we've got you know x amount of dollars saved up 
And all of a sudden, in the year we're going to retire the stock market, we have another 2008, and you lose 30 to 40% of your portfolio. Now what? Right? We're starting off with a whole lot less money in an environment where you know, inflation and things are driving prices up. So we've gone the wrong direction. So I think it's absolutely crucial to not only have one plan, but have multiple plans or scenarios that can be worked into your total retirement master plan, you know, with a, a stock market decline, uh, health care expenses coming in, long-term care expenses coming in. Um, that's one plan that we do, I do for almost all of my clients that, that want it is, okay, we've got this great plan. If this all works, what happens if one of us or both of us get sick and we need long-term care? Inside of my software, depending on what state you're in, I can run a scenario for you and kind of show you, hey, here's what this is going to do and how it's going to devastate your retirement. So, you know, Mike, I think what I'm going to do for our listeners out there that, you know, are concerned, um, I'm going to say for the first 10 callers that call in, uh, 866-53-RETIRE, again, that's 866-53-RETIRE. I will go ahead and offer a complimentary retirement master plan. And what this plan is going to do for you is go over your income, your expenses and assets. And we will run three or four different scenarios for you. Um, Mike will help me with this as well on the on the, the mortgage side of it to give us an idea of, okay, you know, what does that look like? Are we at the right rates? Uh, does it make sense to do a refi? So there's, the, it's, there's a lot of things going into this plan, but... Again, what this plan really is going to do is give you an idea of how long your money will last um, you know, while you're in retirement. And I think that's extremely important. Uh, you know, being today's ending topic of not having a plan is if you're one of our listeners, we will do this for you at absolutely no cost. So take advantage of that, 866-53-RETIRE. Um, Mike, any other ideas Thoughts on not having a plan that you'd like to add in here? I just think that the home equity market is your margin of error buffer. You know, sure. my reverse mortgage conversations aren't like, hey, let's let's take away your payment and give you as much as you can every month. It's more of, look, if your payment went away, what would that do for you? Okay, great. Now, if your payment went away and you had access to this equity, what happens if we hit a milestone? Let's let's throw a couple of landmines in this plan here. Let's say that one of you becomes partially disabled seven years before you die. You know what is it going to cost to maintain the level of healthcare you need? So if you could access that equity, would that offset that? So that's what I mean by margin of error. The other thing I like to just do in these meetings is say, look, if you're getting ready to sell your house in three or four years. You can sell your house while having a reverse mortgage and purchase the next house with a reverse mortgage. You can move into the smaller house with lower property taxes, lower insurance, maybe less yard maintenance, and have enough down from the sale of your old house to instantly start that purchase with a reverse mortgage. Many times it's 50% down or less, and you won't have a payment for the life of ownership on that new house. So you and your spouse can move in and combat what you feared was going to be, oh, well, we can't move out of this house because we've got a reverse mortgage on it. We don't want to get another mortgage. You know, we can catapult you into that smaller, much more reasonable home once you're ready 
that makes sense and lets you go on through retirement, aging in place at your new home with no payment. Excellent. With our home ownership, equities have reached all times high in in the in the second quarter of this year. Um, you know, sixty three percent of residential properties have a mortgage on them, so we're seeing the opportunity now more so than ever for retirees to say, "Hey, look, we have a plan. It's a good plan. We want to make it a great plan. So let's see how accessing our our equity would help us combat these landmines that you talk about, Matt." Absolutely. Um, you know, listeners, keep in mind, we are going to be coming back uh, Tuesday after next with the next five uh, retirement mistakes that we're seeing. But, you know, in listening to today's show, I, I, the one thing I just want to bring home once again is all of these things are really not going to be possible unless you make a plan. And, you know, make sure that you're making more than one plan, you know, maybe one that includes selling your home another based on keeping it, another based on relocating, maybe one based on refinancing that mortgage you have. You know, if you've got questions on any of that, please, 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 we urge you, give us a call at 866-53-RETIRE. And, you know, go out, start saving. Uh, don't worry if you have to start, you know, with a small amount. Anything's going to help get you in that right direction today. Um, you know, look for hidden savings by reducing, you know, your monthly bills, um, again, such as maybe looking at a refinance of that mortgage or canceling a landline phone, you know, and directing those savings uh, into some type of retirement account. So with that, uh, smart retirees, let's go out and make the rest of your life the best of your life. We appreciate you listening today. Have a good day. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or construed as providing specific investment advice. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. California license number 0175638 and MLS number 1246224.